Hi, my name is Jackie, and this is Alive and Active. This podcast is a weekly devotional where we will study scripture and challenge one another to a lifestyle that is fully alive in Christ. In this devotional, I will challenge you to actively pursue what God says and how we can apply it to our lives. So grab your Bible and your favorite beverage, and let's dig in together. I am so excited for the treat that you are in for. This episode format is a little different because today I'm talking with mine and my husband's personal mentors, Scott and Sherilyn Finch. This sweet power couple have been doing kingdom work and living out biblical marriage for six years. They have walked many people through tough marriage seasons and have prepared many couples for marriage. I think no matter what season you are in, this episode will have great applicable relationship wisdom for you. I pray Scott and Sherilyn's wisdom in this two-part episode will bless you as much as it has for me and my marriage. Okay, guys, thank y'all for joining me. How yeah, are it's you? Yeah, so to be here. We're great. Great. So I've got Scott and Sherilyn with me. They've been doing re-engage for how many years have y'all been doing that? Going on six years now. I know me and Dustin have been so blessed by you guys and the ministry that y'all that y'all have. Tell me a little bit about you and, and your stories. We, we both found ourselves at a place where we never thought we'd be. So both lost spouses, one through cancer and lost uh, her, and then one through um, a, a spouse that just wasn't faithful. So we, we, come, we come together, uh, just the Lord's journey for us was we fell in love again. Uh, we dated each other in college, then the uh, Lord had plans other plans than for us to be together in college. But then, uh, Lord, uh, because of the situation we found ourselves in, uh, Lord brought us back together. And so uh, it was was really kind of weird because, you know, we had only been married about a year when the church leadership tapped us on the shoulders and said, hey, would you guys lead re-engage a marriage ministry? I was like, hey, well, hang on a second. We've only been married a year, but collectively we had over 50 years, uh, you know, between us uh, of marriage. But uh, but the Lord's really given us favor, and we are very thankful for that, not just in finding love again, but also in the way our children have embraced each of us. That is a gift because we know it doesn't happen often. And yeah. we're able to speak into marriage coming from different places that the Lord is able to use us to speak into other people's lives. So it's, it's been a neat ministry. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing. That's so good. Okay, so what does a biblical marriage look like? So one of the things we want to be real clear on is we try not to get swept up in the culture of the definitions of marriage based on what the world says. We say, so what what does a biblical marriage look like? And I think uh, uh, if you go to 1 Peter, 1 Peter 3, I think the first six verses talks to the women and talks about, hey, women, uh, if you want to be, and since you're the wife of a man, here's what a biblical wife can look like. And here's what I would recommend. And that's from obviously First Peter, right? So Peter writes that. And, and then you go to where Paul writes to the church of Ephesians in Ephesians chapter five. And one of the things that we try to teach and we try to also model uh, is, you know, uh, most men wanna hear 
uh, Ephesians 5, where it says, and wives submit to your husbands. Okay, let's pray. Amen. Uh, and we're, we're done with that. And, and yet, that's only a piece of it. Just the verse above it says, submit one to another. And so what does that look like in a marriage? I know that in our particular situation, me submitting to Sherilyn is understanding her, knowing what her likes, what her emotional needs are, what her, her personality is, and serving her as a gift to submit to her. And so that submission one to another is, uh, is really important. And then I also think what a biblical marriage looks like is really the fruits of the Spirit. Whether we're married or whether we're like where we found ourselves, single again, single or whether we're living married, I think it's important not to forget that the fruits of the Spirit are applicable regardless of where we are. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And when we extend those to one another, that's biblical marriage. And I would just like to interject on that. In, mm -hmm. um, in God's economy, that the, that the husband is called to be the spiritual leader and the wife is called to be the helpmate. And when the husband takes that role seriously, it's easy to want to follow after that and be the helpmate and to submit under a godly leadership. And unfortunately, we see a lot of the role reversal in our, uh, the worldly view uh, for one reason or another. And when we're not doing it God's way, the way he intended it, you can count on having a lot more bumps in the road and, and, and having some marital issues. Yeah, that's good. I can definitely relate to the, you know, the worldly view of the woman not wanting to submit and you have to be strong and independent and don't let a man tell you what to do, make your own money. And uh, that was definitely my mindset until God grabbed a hold of me and, and made me realize, mm -hmm. you know, that submission is the easy part, but you know, laying your life down for, for another and loving like Jesus did mm -hmm. and giving yourself up as Christ did. That's the hard part. And that's what the man has to do or what he's called to do in a biblical marriage. So thank y'all for sharing. That's good. What is the purpose of marriage according to scripture? Well, it's interesting that you asked that question because that when we do our pre-marriage coaching or counseling, that is actually one of the first assignments that we ask the young couples. Your first assignment is to find three couples that you admire their relationship and go ask them this question. And when they come back uh, for the second time we meet, we get all sorts of answers that the other folks are, have, have, have answered. And so, you know, from different perspectives you get, so what's the purpose of marriage? Well, to make me happy. What's the purpose of marriage? Uh, to uh, fulfill me, to be my soulmate, to have, uh, be intimate with. That way I can, you know, be intimate anytime I want. And one of the things that we believe and we teach really, I think is what Paul continues and it ends five toward the end of that chapter because he quotes out of Genesis and he says, and for this purpose, a man shall leave his father and mother and the two shall become one. And you go, okay. So it seems to me this oneness, this unity, this togetherness is really the purpose. And what's that purpose? Because marriage, if you look at it from a scriptural perspective, 
is the only example used in the scripture with Christ in the church. Paul goes on and says, hey, you guys think I'm talking about marriage. I'm really talking about Christ in the church. But nonetheless, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. And so it's about that purpose of marriage is that unity in Christ for the glory of God and the good of all that is around us. We're modeling what, what God has laid out for us. We are gonna, we're glorifying the Lord. Yeah. yeah, we're glorifying Him. And I think, too, one, one point is all those answers like to make me happy, to fulfill me, I think to, you know, to live happily ever after, like we, our, our vows say, uh, or at least Hallmark does, um, <laughs> it is those are byproducts of a good, healthy purpose in marriage with those things in and of themselves unless they become our idols but they're good byproducts from a good healthy oneness and that's a good point because sometimes um some people can say like oh that's bad you know marriage is supposed to be selfless and you're not supposed to be selfish and want those things but it's not bad but it i like how you said that that's good yeah it's not not our goal but it's a byproduct mm. Why do you think that the number one reason for divorce is? Well, the, the overall one is sin, but it's manifested. We've talked about that in selfishness. I just think um, selfishness plays a huge role in that. When, when we go into marriage thinking that it's all about me, what can they do for me? Rather than going into it with a mindset of, of serving, not seeing it for um, what the Lord has designed it for. It, it, sets, it sets you up for trouble and typically divorce. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when you read the articles, they say sex, money, in-laws, friends. You know, they have them listed one, two, three. What we've seen in, you know, our uh, five-plus, you know, years of doing marriage ministry, and then our friends, too, before that is um, because they're not getting in the marriage relationship that they made the covenant, then they go outside the realm of a covenant marriage and whether it's money or whether it's spending of money or I want what I want when I want it or sex outside of the covenant relationship or it's they let outside influences influence them, people at work. They start talking words of death and start, instead of words of life into a marriage relationship. But I think the underlying is sin and then selfishness that then manifests itself in these other ways. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thank you guys. That's a hard one sometimes to answer. Um, okay, you've walked a lot of couples through difficult seasons. What seems to be the consistent advice that you give to couples that are struggling when they struggle with that, that selfishness? I would say... Our, one of our biggest go-tos is um, a tool that we get to use in our re-engage ministry, and we call it the four C's. And it's one of those things that you hear people using even after they've moved on from re-engage. It tends to be one of the things that people continue to, to use, and it's such a good way to remember it. The first C is Christ, is working on your vertical relationship with the Lord, continuing to um, get that relationship right, and praying that your spouse is doing the same. And when you're both walking with the Lord, then that helps the horizontal relationship. The second C 
is uh, a great picture. It's drawing a circle around yourself, kind of like standing in a hula hoop. And you work on everything within that circle instead of pointing fingers at the spouse, at your spouse saying, well, if you would just, well, if you would, and take you out of, the, out of your sentences mm -hmm. and, and look at yourself and say, all right, Lord, what do I need to work on? Mm -hmm. And that is a huge proponent in marriages that do well. And the, the third C is uh, commitment. And we talk about shutting all of the doors of any excuse for leaving your relationship, you know, whether it's sports or work or even kids or what, or an affair, pornography, whatever it is, making that commitment where you are totally in for the covenant relationship. Nothing, nothing's going to, nothing. Yeah. I'm not going to escape in any way. Right. Yeah. Thank you. Shut all the doors. And then the last one, last C is key, and the importance of having godly community, people who are like-minded surrounding you, who are speaking words of life and truth into you, mm -hmm. rather than, than people with worldly views, and making sure that you're not isolating yourself where the enemy can speak lies into you. It's, it's important to be um, in the middle of godly community. So those are some of the tools that we are our go-tos. People call and they're in crisis mode, they're in chaos, what's going on, then we try to get them back centered on what's important and those four C's. It's, it's uh, the last one that she talked about being like-minded people. I mentioned it earlier, instead of being around people that, oh yeah, you need to leave her or yeah, what a jerk you're living with, you know, all of those kind of things being said, you need to be with people that are like-minded uh, that are going to be speaking words of life into you with grace. So now you see why I love these two so much. I was so thrilled to introduce them to you today. I hope that you join us next week where we will dig deeper into scriptures behind the four C's and how we can apply the four C's into any season, whether you're married, single, divorced, or widowed. Your challenge this week. Read First Peter 3, 1 through 8 and Ephesians 5:22 through 33. Have an honest conversation with God about what these verses mean to you. Write down what you think the purpose of marriage is. And lastly, evaluate on a scale from 1 to 5, 5 being your best. How do you think you're doing on the four Cs? Christ, circle around yourself, commitment, and community. Thank you so much for listening. This awesome song is titled Meant to Be by Ark North featuring Christina Marina. Please know I am praying for you every week and I would so love it if you would pray for me as well because your prayers are powerful and effective. I would love to hear how this week's episode impacted you and I hope you'll join me next week. Until next time, let's go be doers of the alive and active Word of God. <laughs>